So I'm about to go watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I've never seen it before, so don't really know what to expect with it. But I'm excited because obviously I know it's really popular. And I've always been interested in watching it, so we'll see how it goes. The mononymous star RuPaul, a pop culture shapeshifter and household name, clawed his way to the crown as the most famous drag queen in the 90s and early 21st century. As he explored every avenue of art, music, fashion, literature, cosmetics, acting, and that's just to name a few. He also has 11 studio albums, two books, and a makeup collection. Not only that, Rue also has hosted a number of shows, whether it be the Rue Paul Show, Drag You, Gay for Play, or, as many of you know, the hit show RuPaul's Drag Race. How did RuPaul get to where he is? One word, or you maybe four. Work. Supermodel, you better work. Rue released this dance track in 1993 and surprised the charts, as grunge and rap were the most popular genres at the time. From there, his fame has only grown exponentially. RuPaul today sits with an Emmy in his lap to prove everything he's provided for the LGBTQIA community, particularly making drag mainstream through RuPaul's Drag Race, which first aired in 2009. RuPaul's Drag Race is a competition show where drag queens compete in challenges and get eliminated each episode as Ru narrows down the competition to find America's next drag superstar. The queens have to dance, sing, act, do stand-up, design outfits, improv, and more. The winner receives $100,000 and bragging rights. This show has inspired a huge amount of queer youth to be their truest selves, and many of them are drag queens themselves now like my friend Nathan. Welcome to Just Shut Up Already, a podcast where self-proclaimed experts get the chance to chew your ear off. I'm your host, Maggie. And I'm your host, Emma Jane. Today's episode will focus on the hit reality TV show, RuPaul's Drag Race. Since I've never seen an episode, Emma will be showing me one of her favorites. And later on, you will hear an exclusive interview with a self-proclaimed expert on the show. Today, I'm going to be showing Maggie RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 2, featuring Katya and Alaska Thunderfuck and Alyssa Edwards and Coco Montrese and Detox and Roxy Andrews and so much more. It is such a fabulous season, so let's get into this. Hey, queen! Hey! This better be good. Trust me, you're gonna love it. She's not Russian. <laughs> She's not? <laughs> She's made that up? So they've all been on the show before? Yeah. Okay. Are they all winners? No. None okay. of them have won, that's why... Yeah, oh, okay. Gonna win. Okay. Yes! <laughs> I say I'm not joking, bitch. I'm not joking, bitch! Way too often. <laughs> Are you liking any of them, like, specifically? I got you, okay. Yeah, I already knew of her, so like I kind of like her already. <laughs> oh my god, they are brutal. After Maggie and I watched our episode and kikied and lived our lives, we decided to call up my friend Nathan, an expert on the show, to ask some more questions. Before we started our interview, Nathan told me the story of how him and Emma met. Why don't oh, you okay. give the summary? Because I don't know it's 
Okay, so um, I would have been in like, I think I was in, I was going into my second year of university, so I'd have been 19. And I'm just scrolling through uh, my Instagram Explore page. And I just see this like little video of someone dancing to a song. And I'm like, okay, what's this? So I go to this account and it's a bunch of mainly queer youth, all kind of like the lip syncs you see on the show. Um, people kind of brought them into a competition kind of thing on Instagram to like kind of connect people like from all over the world. Like I know people in like America, Canada, Australia, Spain, um, Sweden, like all over the world. And just these young people just just like living these like lip sync fantasies. <laughs> Um, and I was like, okay, um, well, I'm not a dancer, but this seems like really fun to follow. And it was just this like community that had been created by people who just didn't fit in with the norms of society. And I, you know, embedded myself into this community and that's how I came across to meet Emma and then my other friend. It would have been 2017, so we've been friends now almost five years. After I was introduced to how Nathan and Emma met, we decided to ask him some questions about his experience watching RuPaul's Drag Race and his own experiences doing drag himself. When did you first start watching Drag Race? Um, I started watching Drag Race during season five, I think. So I don't remember what year that was, but I was like 13, 14 when I first found Drag Race. And that's where like I was ever really exposed to like the drag scene or like the drag community. And that was like way before like I had come to like terms with uh, my like gender identity or anything like mm-hmm. that or like my queerness. Do you remember like the first episode you watched? Yeah, so the first episode of Drag Race I watched was the top six episode of season five um, with the lip sync between Coco and Alyssa, which was unbelievable. <laughs> so what do you think it is about RuPaul's Drag Race that's like made it an obsession for you? Like, um, I think because it kind of culminates a lot of different things together that a, a regular reality TV show wouldn't. So other can, other shows like Big Brother, Survivor, like America's Next Top Model, stuff like that doesn't really go below the surface level with contestants. So it's kind of, you're there to win a competition. But on Drag Race, even though these 12 queens are all vying for this one spot, they're all still relating to each other and supporting each other and building each other up. and creating these bonds and friendships with people all over America that they never would have had the chance to do so before. I guess we talked about this a little but like what impression did like it leave on you like when after you watched it did you like immediately recognize that it was like something special or were you like gonna were you a casual watcher like how did? Uh yeah so like when I started watching Drag Race I didn't really have any like queer friends because I wasn't out at the time so it was kind of like my little escape into like queer media without anyone knowing so like no one knew like no one knew I watched Drag Race um it was kind of just my like thing to keep to myself and um yeah I think I like that I did resonate with it 
and I, I could say I was a casual viewer for like the beginning of it but then I got like really into drag race and then you know came to terms with myself as a queer person and then it kind of just like steamrolled from there so what do you think like besides RuPaul's Drag Race has inspired you to do drag yourself um I think definitely the people around me um since I have become more involved within like the the queer community definitely I think having kind of a safe space to go to and having like-minded individuals around kind of makes you feel more comfortable and confident in yourself um, rather than being you know kind of secluded in your own little bubble um having like you know queer friends drag friends um trans friends you know kind of all these different walks of life coming together i think it it pushes you out of your comfort zone to really express you know your gender identity in different kind of platforms so yeah your name Lara Stoned. I know for a while we were talking about Kendall Gender, but yeah. um, there's another queen who <laughs> took that name, so you came to Lara Stoned. Tell us why. Yes, yeah, so another kind of like passion of mine like is in like the fashion industry, so I wanted my my like drag persona name to kind of have some tie towards that. And I kind of wanted my name to have kind of like a little spin on someone else's name. So it's like, oh, Kendall Gender. That would be really <laughs> fun because I'm flipping gender norms. Um, and then, like you said, another queen in Canada had that name. who just so happened to be on the latest season of Canada's Drag Race. So it's a great um, thing that I didn't keep that name. So I was kind of like rummaging around the other like models that kind of inspire me and Lara Stone came across and I was like, oh, Stone, I stone things. So I'll be Lara Stoned. That's that great. <laughs> Nathan is such a super fan that he thinks that I like am just the most casual fan. I will just randomly recite a quote from like the seventh episode of season nine and just expect everyone else to know what I'm talking about. Because Emma and Nathan are such devoted fans to RuPaul's Drag Race, I decided to set up a trivia for them. From season one, who is best known for being the dancer of the contestants? Nathan? Would it be Jade? Yes, correct. Regarded as one of the show's iconic lip syncs, which song featured Roxy Andrews' famous wig reveal while competing against Alyssa Edwards? I don't even know who was first. I think Emma? It was definitely Emma. It was Emma. <laughs> Whip my hair. Yes, correct. Bye, Wilson. Yes. Iconic. In the first episode of the show, the queens had to create outfits of curtains in a challenge inspired by what movie? Uh, Gone with the Wind. Yes, correct. <laughs> Gone with the window. Who was the first ever contestant sent home? Porkchop, Victoria Porkchop. Okay, wait, no. You did not raise the hand. I didn't raise the hand. Okay. Okay, so which of these contestants was the first to be seen in the workroom? Nathan, I think? It was definitely me, Dordalana. Yes, correct. She's like, hell yeah, I'm the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Which contestant did Sahara Davenport send home in her second lip sync for your life? Nathan? Uh, Morgan McMichaels. Correct. I didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be a part of this. It was really, really fun. 
thank you it was great thank you for listening to our episode of just shut up already the podcast tune in next time to listen to hosts nola and steven delve into the topic of britney spears conservatorship 